Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Day. He's Totters and he is Aaron McIntyre. And anything going on at all today? Kind of a slow news day. Well, to be fair. unsure of what it is we will be discussing at all here today. To be fair, it remains to be seen if anything is actually going on. (laughs) Yes. That's... A lot is happening, but is anything going yes, on? There it is. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we are going to spend the first hour today on the show going to help you and help ourselves try to make as much sense as we possibly can of what is currently happening. Daniel Horowitz will join us later today, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, to do his part to that end. And in between, we'll play buy, sell, or hold. You guys also know whenever we have a brand new partner on the show, we like to mention them right at the top uh, to welcome them. And that's our new friends over at the Wellness Company. Because let's cut to the chase. There's a lot of red flags out there. Um, We all know it. They know it too, and they know that we know it, but mainstream media continues to ignore the turbo cancers, the miscarriages, the blood clots, the myocarditis. It's, it's pretty clear that something is up. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. The question our good friend Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company get every day is, how do I get this out of my body? This being the spike protein, the lingering threat from both the virus and the vaccine linked to all kinds of long-term health issues. Well, we don't have a full picture of the extent of the damage the spike protein has caused yet, but we have a responsibility to act nevertheless. So whether you took the jab, you've dealt with COVID, you're eyeing the research around vaccine shedding, spike protein is a big deal in the worst way. Q spike support formula. It's a game changer supplement designed to dissolve COVID spike protein in your bloodstream. People from all walks jabbed or not have found better mental clarity and increased energy with the spike support formula so you owe it to yourself to take back control of your health go to twc.health slash steve that's twc for the wellness company twc.health slash steve and use code steve at checkout for 10 percent off code steve at checkout for 10 percent off at twc.health slash steve Well, let's not wait any further. Let's get right to it. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Bye Bye. The U.S. House of Representatives voted yesterday to vacate the chair of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. The motion to vacate, as you know, was brought about by Florida Congressman Matt Gaetz. During debates on the motion to vacate, one congressman from Louisiana accused Gaetz of fundraising off of his motion to vacate. And all of a sudden, my phone keeps sending text messages. Text messages saying, hey, give me money. Oh, look at that. Oh, look, give me money. I filed the motion to vacate using official actions, official actions to raise money. It's disgusting. Gates claimed those opposed to his motion were captured by lobbyists. And when it comes to how those raise money, I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have, oh, boo all you want. Last night, now former Speaker McCarthy announced he would not attempt to regain the Speaker's gavel. I hope you realize that every day I did the job, regardless whether you underestimated me or not, I wanted to do it with a smile. I grew to enjoy you even on your toughest days and your questions. I wouldn't change a thing. 
Speaker of the House pro tempore, North Carolina Congressman Patrick McHenry's first act as acting speaker was to kick Nancy Pelosi out of the Speaker of the House's office, which she had apparently refused to move out of when McCarthy took over. Reports are that Jim Jordan will run for House Speaker, but the favorite for now is Louisiana Congressman Steve Scalise. As of this morning, Donald Trump has been mum on the events in D.C. specifically of the last 48 hours, but he did say this on Truth Social, quote, Why is it that Republicans are always fighting among themselves? Why aren't they fighting the radical left Democrats who are destroying our country? Meanwhile, in Florida, Ron DeSantis blasted the political theater playing out in the swamp. You know, down here in Florida, I think there's a couple things. One, when we take on issues, we don't do any political theater. Uh, if we tell you we're going to do something, we just go and we do it. Uh, and it's really all about that. And then the other thing is, is at the end of the day, it's all about the results that you are able to produce. And so we've been able to produce results by cutting taxes, by running surpluses, by paying down 25% of our debt. Uh, we're one of the few states where incomes are increasing. California, New York, they're decreasing. Uh, so that's really what it's about. We also learned this week that Republicans in Florida grew their voter registration advantage over Democrats to nearly 600,000. According to the Florida GOP, since 2016, 25 counties have flipped from Democrat to Republican, and 15 counties flipped red since January of 2018. Just putting that out there randomly. And finally, during the roll call for the motion to vacate the Speaker of the House's chair, things got really weird. Loogie of dust. I'm confident. Yeah, that's obvious. Dead eyes. The ship's haunted. Like your face. Ripper Podunk. I'm buying a cow. Sounds about right. Crinkly love stick. Oh no. You're fine. Danger glands. I found a tack in my flip-flop and now I'm suing. <laughs> it tracks. Old man tycoon. Remember, speak up. Tonight I'm partying. I have four stork eggs and a party. You'll love it. Not joining you. That's bad lip reading, and that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Magic Spoon, who has reinvented your favorite childhood cereals to taste great, but each serving contains zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and just four to five net grams of carbs per serving. It's wholesome. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. But it's not taste-free, so you can relive those moments watching your favorite cartoons with a bowl of cereal, and it's just 140 calories a serving. I've tried the peanut butter variety. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, gave the rest of it uh, over to Aaron uh, so that uh, baby Ben could uh, enjoy it. And my understanding is that he enjoys this quite a bit. He does indeed. And they've also introduced a brand new product as well. It's, a, it's an on-the-go snack that is protein-packed. Uh, they're just like the marshmallow treats you enjoyed as a kid, but with only one gram of sugar and one to two grams of net carbs. And they're packed with 11 grams of protein per bar. You can get them in the marshmallow and chocolatey peanut butter. Whether you're sticking to the classics or you want to try something new, there's a flavor you're going to love. If you head to magicspoon.com slash dace, grab a custom bundle of cereal. Try the magic for yourself. Don't forget to add the brand new marshmallow and chocolate peanut butter treats as well. Use the promo code DACE at checkout to save $5 off your order. Promo code DACE to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident. You'll enjoy it, that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. Again, magicspoon.com slash dace, magicspoon.com slash dace. Use the promo code dace. 
So I, I want us to try to make sense of this, of what is happening right now, because my phone the last 12 hours has been an adventure an adventure talking to a, uh, to several people and they're all names that a lot of you would know i mean i'll just give an example of what i saw when i woke up this morning that was not in my private text messages so these names i'll put the names out there because they're public okay and i think i said this to you guys when i came in here a little while ago i think it is entirely possible that everything Matt Gates has said about Kevin McCarthy and everything our colleague Mark Levin said about Matt Gates and the tweet he put out today, boy, howdy, did, did he lay it down? <laughs> I mean, I read that. I wasn't sure how else to respond other than, damn, okay? I mean, that was, okay. I mean, I don't know how much meat was left on the bone when Mark got done with sending, hitting send on that one. But I think, given the era in which we live, it is entirely possible both of those things are 100% simultaneously true. Agreed. 100%. And I'm going to explain, well, I'm going to do my best. I can't guarantee that we're going to be right, but I'm going to do my best to explain why here the rest of this hour. But I, I also, though, I want to I want to share a little bit more context. I, I got uh, a text last night from a dear friend of mine, a name you would all know. You would all know this name. And um, and just to, just to, to narrow it down, nobody I'm going to talk about here in the next few minutes is holding elected office or is scheduled to be on this show today. Okay, so no, it's not Chip, it's not Daniel, it's other people. Okay, this would be a name you would all know, dear dear friend, dear brother. And he sent me a text last night, and I'm in the middle of watching something with the wife, and we're all on edge right now. And I fired him back something that I thought he would take as my, you know, typical smart-ass sense of humor. He did not take it that way. It took each of us, like, the next hour to figure out that we had not turned on each other because everybody is on edge now. Everybody's on tilt right now. Good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's the mood right now. Because your comfort is what all got us here. Here is a, a... Here's something that I received this morning from another name many of you would know who had, who had read some of the things I've been posting this morning on Twitter. I'm just going to share with you these texts without naming the person. Because this is a summary. There, there's more. There, this, is pretty, this, is, this pretty much summarizes what my inbox or not my inbox what what my private text messages with some a lot of people you would know have looked like here in the last 12 hours quote ultimately gates is a nihilistic figure this is vanity nihilism but mccarthy obviously sucks too here here <laughs> i mean I, I, yeah. that pretty much summarizes it that pretty much summarizes the mountain of text about this over the last 12 hours i have received One more piece of context. The first national network I ever worked for was the Salem Radio Network. They tried to, well, worked with, I should say, because I've not been anybody's employee for 12 and a half years. But the, the first major national network that, that signed me to a show was the Salem Radio Network. Great people. I greatly enjoyed them. 
you know, whenever you're giving opinions, and particularly giving opinions like I do, there will be times it can get contentious and things of that nature. But, you know, when CRTV decided to make us exclusive to them, we didn't burn any bridges. Nobody was angry at Salem. They were pretty good to us. Everything paid us on time. And for the most part, no one got in our way. I said what I wanted to say. We didn't have a bunch of bitch and gripe sessions about Salem Radio most, you know, sitting here off the air most nights, did we? No. No. We left on good terms. Uh, they did a great job during PVOD for Nefarious. They really sold it, and their audience really, uh, you know, killed it for us, and we appreciate that. But, and I, you know, I worked with people that I'm definitely to the right of. Hugh Hewitt, by the way, was very sweet to me, but I'm definitely to the right of Hugh Hewitt. I'm definitely to the right of Michael Medved, who's no longer on the network, but he was back then, you know. And uh, one of the things that, 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 you know, Salem was very tied in with the Republican Party. And so, like, when I first came on board the network, they, they brought all of the show hosts out to this five-star hotel on the beach in Santa Monica for, like, a debrief and uh, to meet all the corporate VPs and to sell our shows. And, but one of the things they had us do is, and uh, one of the first things we did in the morning is we had to sit down and Sean Spicer, who was then the spokesman for the RNC under... Uh, Rince, Reince Priebus, we were to get a briefing from Sean Spicer about how to shill for the Republican Party. I just got up and walked out. I was like, I'm, I've got, I'm not doing this. I, I have, I, you guys, I'm not an employee and I'm, I, I do my own show. You decide if you want it or not, but I'm not. And then, you know, I don't know if it was cosmic or um, um, <laughs> coincidental, but when we all got limo rides to the airport, the next when the, the the next morning when the event was over, you got partnered with somebody. Take a guess who I got partnered with. I remember Sean Spicer. That has to be one of the quietest limo rides in Santa Monica history. <laughs> we, hey, dude. We were both on the absolute edges of the back seat, as far away from each other as we could get, thumbing through our phones like we weren't paying, like we were not acknowledging the other person was there. Okay. Uh, after that, they wanted all of the show hosts to do weekly um, kind of downloads with Kevin McCarthy. I think he was. Yeah, the I've House got the with- email pulled up right here. Yo, you still have the email. Do you want me to read this to you? Yeah, read it. Go ahead, read it. Yeah. Okay. To, uh, and this was after we left Salem. Okay. Yeah. We and I still got these emails, and you did too. I think to Salem hosts, producers, new media contacts, and NBA editorial board. Republican leaders have introduced the American Health Care Act. This bill, which is one piece of the broader effort to replace Obamacare, is the first step in providing Americans a better alternative, blah, blah, blah. Salem has scheduled a conference call with House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Ways and Means Chairman Kevin Brady to help us better understand the bill, the game plan, and the stakes. That was back in March of 2017. Well, clearly you made a yeah. mistake in your judgment, Steve, because health care turned so, out so well with yeah, his leadership. That, that worked well. In the next election, we lost 40 seats, and the number one issue in the exit polling was... Healthcare. Uh, anyway, but we were expected to do like weekly uh, downloads with Kevin McCarthy to get talking points that we as hosts at Salem were to feed to you in the audience. Yeah, that's what that means by better understand the bill. Yes, to tell you, uh, to, to relay to you from on high what Team GOP says you're supposed to think. So the first time we got one of these, one of these requests, I sent you to the call and I said, you tell me if there's anything there worthy of listening to. And if there's not, I'm just going to tell them I'm, I'm, I'm just never going to show up. And if they ask me, I just, it's not worth my time. So I sent you to the very first one. Was there anything there worthy of listening to? There was not. No, just um, it could have gotten that off of any Fox News show, anybody else. So I never did one of these things. I've been involved in a lot of primaries around the country. 
including my own state. Um, I'm one of the reasons why in 2010, uh, Iowa set the all-time record uh, in the Republican Party for most contested primaries against incumbents. So I, I lay this all out for you because we have a lot of people that joined our show just in the last few years because of COVID and maybe don't know a lot about my history pre-COVID and things of that nature. Because um, I'm getting, I've, I saw somebody yesterday accuse me of being with Con Inc. Uh, Con yeah. Inc. Would, 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 would wants me nowhere near them. Okay. Wants me nowhere near them. Um, I, 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 I'm not invited on any of the mainstream conservative speaker circuit. You've never seen me at CPAC, YAF, um, March for Life. You've not seen me at any of those events. And go look at the iTunes rankings and go find a show on the right that has a higher ranking than me that hasn't been invited to speak at any of those places. You won't find one. <laughs> All right? You won't. Okay? And... And so there's a lot of confusion in this era, in this, in, in this era right now. And, and people are being told you can be complete rhinos like Nancy Mace and Elise Stefanik, but if you slurp the right guy, suddenly you're a champion of the people. Or you're Chip Roy, and if you have a different strategy or view of what to do in this particular moment, suddenly you're a rhino. And we talked about that with Chip yesterday. You saw his reaction to that. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think we need to take a step back and acknowledge that what's going on right now is a complete and total fuster cluck. We've got Newt Gingrich out there saying that the people who led the, the takedown of McCarthy are traitors and should be expunged from the Republican Party. Forgive me. And, you know, I love me some Newt Gingrich. OK, but Newt Gingrich. And this is one of the reasons why I do. Newt Gingrich rose to prominence. Back in 1990, by taking out Republican House Speaker Bob Michael for refusing to keep his promises to, to rein in spending and, and taxation. Has there ever been a more prophetic movie line than you either die the hero or live long right. enough to see yourself become the villain? That same Newt Gingrich was on Fox News last night calling for these people to be exiled and excommunicated. Self-awareness is just totally dead. And in this whole era, there's no self-awareness at all. We're going to still try to practice at least a a modicum of it as best as we can as sinners. We're going to try to practice a modicum of it here on this show, especially now. The reason we're seeing, and I think this is the most important point we're going to make, and then we're going to try to make some other important points the rest of this hour. But the reason why you're seeing this fuster click right now <clears throat> is because the Republican Party is ensnared in a, in a trap of its own making. This stuff is biblical. Can two walk arm in arm lest they see eye to eye? A house divided against itself cannot stand. Do not be unevenly yoked. You know, in past eras, I used to describe the Republican Party as not a big tent, but a big tarp. A tent at least has stakes in the ground that hold it up. There's a foundation there. There is no foundation to the Republican Party. It's a tarp. What is a tarp? A tarp is a temporary covering that you put over something in order to shield it, to protect it. And so what happens is the Democrats are acid rain. They take over. All non-pro-acid rain people immediately run to the Republican Party and get under the tarp. And we've got to beat the Democrats. Got to stop the Democrats. And then they do. Now, we're not even doing that nowadays. But this is what used to happen. We, we beat the Democrats. And then, okay, the sky is clear. Time to roll out the tarp. Okay, put it away. And then we're going to do what? 
you, you, it's it, it's the center cannot hold. It, it's not possible to create a governing coalition in the current Republican Party. You have too many people that just simply do not agree. Somebody sent me a note today. Why do Democrats walk in lockstep with each other? Because they actually have a movement. They believe in their religion. We are losing ours or don't even agree what the religion is. You have all these various factions and no leadership. And so they, the party can't govern. And that's a problem because as I'll explain later, if you can't, there's only, there's only two ways to, to, to win war or governing. And if you can't do one, well, now you know why I'm kind of paranoid about where we're going with the other. Okay. But we'll get to that later. So the party cannot govern, which means it cannot do out in the open what it really wants to do. What it really wants to do, there's a reason why Mitch McConnell has been one of the faces of the Republican Party all of Aaron McIntyre's life, and he's married now, owns a home, and has a wife and a kid, and he's 30. Okay, there's a reason why, because that's what the Republican Party is. And that's what it's long been. It, it's just a it's, a, it's a conglomerate of different special interests than what the Democrats have. Now, you and I joined it because we thought this was an ideologically driven pursuit. But many of the people that we voted in did not see it that way. They were fine using our ideological talking points to win. But then they would revert back to what they wanted to do once they were in power. Which is betray the base and pocket the money. The problem is, and this is now where all credit goes to Trump and the MAGA movement he inspired. The emergence of Trump and this base was able to do what for a little while the religious right tried and then they sold out. Was able to do what for a little while the Tea Party did and then it was grifted out. It actually existentially disrupted this paradigm by exposing it existentially disrupted it everything's out in the open now and as well as the fecklessness of the gop it's out in the open and it's exposed to an unsustainable level and i think trump and the movement that he inspired um they should absolutely get the credit for that put a pin there period no qualifier that that was beneficial to this republic And you guessed it, but, but eventually something must rule. And this will be a theme throughout the much of the rest of this hour. Eventually something must rule. Nature abhors a vacuum. Something will rule. And as, a, as effective as he was as a disruptor, Trump really isn't much of an actual leader. If you're going to blow something up, you better have something better ready to replace it. Trump didn't. When he got into office, he really just expected he was going to make better deals than what was made before. Even put a lot of these swamp creatures in his administration. So he thought he was just going to make better deals with the same people that were there before and put a lot of them in his administration. You know, all the people he's out trashing now, the Millies and all these people, they were all in his administration. Pence, all these people. He picked all these people. 
So there is no counter vision of where to take the country or new or, or, or a new breed of leader to replace the surrender caucus with. If McConnell, if glitch glitched out tomorrow, he's just going to be replaced by a younger version of himself. There's a lot of talk this morning about Jim. No, I think Chip Roy would make a fantastic speaker precisely because he doesn't want it. But there's a lot of talk this morning about Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan has a dramatically better voting record than Kevin McCarthy. It's not even close. However, can you think of a major fight that Jim Jordan successfully waged for us on our behalf? Meaning that you can be a vote, but you can also be a voice. You see what I'm saying? Chip is a voice. For another example, Jim Jordan ran the weaponization committee. That was the much ballyhooed thing. That was the big trophy. That that's what we got out of the negotiation with McCarthy in January, right? We got nice. two things: the weapon. We're going to get more transparency. And Chip and Massey and those guys say he did do a better job with that. We got the ability that at any point, by one one person, could put out a vote to vacate the chair. Matt Gates did that. And the other big thing, the other third thing we got was what? The weaponization committee. Jim Jordan was put in, tr- in, in charge of that. What has that done? We're in the early October. What has that committee done for nine and a half months? Do you know anything of substance at all? Considering how much that should be doing, not nearly Nothing. Enough. Got some cool clips, bro. Yeah, that's all we got. So there is no counter vision. We have no new breed of leader in place to replace the surrender caucus with. Right now, the only standard on the right is, will you slurp Trump? That's the only standard. So you've got Trump loyalists like Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. They didn't even agree with each other on Kevin McCarthy. Um, Then you've got, um, and you got McCarthy. He only became speaker at all because Trump, he gladly served Trump for power and Trump gave him his blessing. Then you have people who have good voting records like Gates aligned with total rhinos like Stefanik and Mace. Total rhinos. Why? They only have one thing in common. The slurping of Trump. That's it. Everything on the right is about one man and one man only. There is no vision or leadership, and without a vision, the people perish. I read that in a best-selling book once. Which is why Democrats have outperformed 30 special elections this year by an average of 11 points. They have a vision, albeit it's a demonic one, but a demonic vision will defeat a cult of personality every single time. Every single time. And it's defeating us as we speak. That's why Democrats, they were fine yesterday voting, vacating McCarthy, too, in order to expose these fissures on the right all the more. Because what's the oldest wartime strategy of all time? What is it? Divide and conquer. See, they're united by a vision. While we do Kool-Aid acid tests of loyalty, not to a vision, but a singular figure who isn't inclined to return that loyalty all too often, if you haven't noticed. And given his age... Won't be relevant all that much longer anyway. So then what is the plan? What is the vision? There isn't one. And there never was. Nothing's changed. Nothing has really changed. The cake is still being baked the same. And I know you're sick of me saying this because I'm also sick of it being true. And that's why I keep saying it. It's just the frosting is zanier than ever. But despite all the zany hijinks, folks, we're right back to where we always started. We're right back to one of the original 
I used to write all my own liners, pick all the bumper music to the show, did it all myself. One of the original liners to this show when it first debuted in June of 2006. Republicans focus on winning the next election. Democrats focus on winning the next generation. We're right back where we started. Nothing, nothing, nothing has changed. Nothing. Because something will rule. Something must lead. Leadership is not, I'm facing a crisis. Anthony Fauci, you take over. Leadership is not, we're going we're gonna to repeal Obamacare. Paul Ryan, you've got this. You take it. I give it to you. That's not leadership. Disruption and leadership are not the same thing. They can converge if one leads to the other. If the point of disruption is better leadership. But disruption in and of itself isn't leadership. Something must rule. And right now, we are a rudderless ship up against a united front that has no chance to beat, that has no chance to win. And it won't matter what the names are on the back of the jersey, as long as that remains true. They're irrelevant. Now, now that's just part one of, of what I think needs to be said here this hour. When we come back, I want to get more into the disruption angle. And there's a distinction between disruption and chaos. And it's important to understand what that distinction is. We'll get to that here in a moment. There's an organization out there that still backs Obamacare, gun control, tranny policies that endanger our children. And while they claim to be bipartisan, the truth is that last year, 95% of their donations went to Democrats. That organization is AARP, and it doesn't necessarily represent the values of American seniors. So fortunately, there's a conservative alternative. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, they proudly champion Americans' rights to free speech, religious liberty, and the Second Amendment. AMAC is the leading conservative advocacy and benefits organization and defends parent parental rights to protect their children. And they're also fighting to restore election integrity as well. AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund the police, weaken our borders, and indoctrinate and corrupt the next generation. With more than 2 million members nationwide, AMAC is pro-faith, pro-family, and pro-freedom but they can't do it alone. Joining gives you access to special low rates on cell phones and plans, health and wellness products, travel and lodging, vision, dental, and even prescription drugs. So join today. Let's send AARP a strong message that they don't represent you. Join AMAC today at amac.us slash dace, amac.us slash dace. That's amac.us slash dace. So let's pick up where we left off last segment. Unless you prefer a civil war, and I do not say that cavalierly. And if you do, here's hoping uh, you best, uh, you, you've been uh, prepping for one. 
at some point, we actually have to be able to govern, folks. We have to govern. Power is where power goes. There is no power in disruption unto itself. Ultimately, this will be won by acquiring and even more importantly, wielding power. Power. That objective in any society is achieved only one of two ways. Only one of two ways is that achieved. Only one of two ways. War or governing. War or governing. There is no third way where you disrupt so much that power organically works itself out in your favor. No. There is no killer meme that the corruptocrats are, are so shamed by that they just on their own stop being shameless. No. It doesn't work that way. There were hundreds of thousands of Christians in Rome that for about 300 years lived out their faith under constant persecution. What ultimately changed the trajectory of Christianity in Rome, could debate for better or for worse, depending on your historical angle, is, a, is an emperor, is a guy named Constantine, was in a war. Said he saw a vision. Changed his perspective on Christianity. And Rome's policies towards Christianity changed with it. Those are your only options. They've only been the only options. There's no other options. You can use disruption to acquire power. And I'm all for that. I've been advocating for that for a decade before Trump came down the escalator. But the reason I, st- I, the reason I, I can't get full-throated MAGA, I mean, what, what turned me from never Trump to fighting harder to get Trump reelected in 2020 than he was? The policies. There were good policies. Were lives better than they were four years before? Yes. Was Middle East, was foreign policy better than it was four years before? Yes. The policies were good. What wrecked the Trump presidency? Policy. Lockdowns, the CARES Act. Never recovered. Or the lack of policy. Looking weak all spring and summer while rioters just traverse our cities. Do, Do we forget... Whole city blocks of a major urban area was confiscated by a domestic infiltration. We used to call that an invasion and renamed a different sovereign territory. Chaz, anyone? Policies are what changed my mind because that's what matters most. Policies are what changed the rest of the American people's minds in 2020. And yes, I agree. Send me your emails. I'm going to get them every time. Because, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I apparently can't get demonetized enough for you all in pointing out the election was stolen. I, I'm the only person not making a huge bank going off about the election being stolen, apparently. Me and Mike Lindell are about the only two I can think of. Everybody else makes a ton of bank off pointing out the election was stolen. I don't. I just get demonetized everywhere. I'm aware of that. That thing shouldn't have been within the margin of cheating, however. He put it there. 
and he gave him the he gave him the ballot boxes with the CARES Act to harvest him right out of office. Policy is ultimately what determines who wins or doesn't. Period. Every time. And so the reason I just I even when I try I just cannot get full throated MAGA is there just doesn't ever seem to be a plan for governing. In fact, it doesn't even seem to take governing seriously. If you point out the cosmic mistakes Trump made governing via his one true crisis, COVID, you're told that he was just sent there to expose the corruption. If you want to hold Trump to a governing standard, you are lectured that he's the vanguard of a movement to expose the corruption, right? We've all gotten seen this a million times on Twitter. We've got family members that have told us all these things a million times, right? Okay. He's a symbol. I've seen this a lot. He's a symbol. And therefore, the implication is that whatever the hell he was doing in 2020 to screw himself and us is irrelevant, even though the ongoing suffering caused during that uh, during that era remains very relevant to an awful lot of people. There was no company called the wellness company that we just read an ad for at the top of the show. Company didn't exist until post 2020 when the need arose. I didn't even know who Peter McCullough was pre-2020. He joins us tomorrow, by the way. (laughs) Now he's like one of my heroes, okay? So there's no governing standard to hold either Trump or his movement to. They're just there to expose. You know, if we send a priest into a house with a demon, we don't merely want the priest to come out and confirm for us, there's demons here, guys. Raise your hand if you didn't know government was corrupt. Raise your hand if you didn't know that the media, the Media Research Council apparently started in business in January of 2017. This guy, Brett Bozell, just came out of nowhere. No, no, they've been around for 40 freaking years. Another place I don't get invited to speak at, too, by the way. (laughs) Okay, We act like we just nobody knew these things. When we send the priest into the house where the demons are, we don't want him to come out and confirm for us there are demons there. Um, we want him to confront and exercise the demons because they're not going to cast out themselves, are they? No. No. Likewise, the office of president is one of governing. It's not, the, he's not an investigative reporter. We didn't elect John Stossel. We elected a president. It is a job of governing, not merely muckraking. In fact, it's the most important governing job on earth. It could very well be the most important governing job within the history of mankind. So we can keep exposing all we want. We can fire all the detestable McCarthy swamp creatures we want. And frankly, I'm probably on board with just doing it out of spite, if for no other reason. Like people yesterday said, right now, Steve, we're just doing it because we're pissed. And I was like... Carry on. I, I, no, I, by all means, not like he's undeserving. It's not like he's an undeserving figure. You know, I, I have no argument with letting them feel a little bit up there what they've made the rest of us feel down here. I've got no argument against that. However, in the end, someone must rule. Dominion will be exercised. Would our children and grandchildren who can't afford homes, used cars, they're under the constant threat of either being aborted, mutilated, um, captured by the total state. Ultimately, what they need is an alternative governing vision that can actually be executed and implemented. Policy wins. You acquire the right to implement it either by force or politics. 
But either way, policy is what wins. You will either implement policy for yourselves or the policy will be implemented upon you, as we all learned during COVID. If the MAGA movement, it is now at the crossroads now that the Christian conservative movement was in in the 80s and 90s, the crossroads the Tea Party movement came to. This is when we're going to find out now, is it a sustainable force or a grift? We're going to find out now. Because if it's going to be a sustainable force, it's going to have to learn to govern. If it doesn't learn to govern, it'll just create chaos for the sake of chaos. People will vote for order, even a demonic one, over chaos most of the time. That's human nature. You know why we have to be lectured not to forfeit liberty for security? Because we will do that in our own sinful state. You know why we don't have to lecture people to drink water when they're thirsty? They know to do that, even in their sinful state. So do you know why we have to lecture people not to forfeit liberty for security? Because they will do that in their sinful state. That's the lesson of history. They'll vote for demonic order over no order at all. So let's forget the primary. Let's forget everything else. We all have to live here together. We all have the same enemies. So what is the plan to defeat them? What is the plan to actually preserve our way of life and make the lives of others better? What's that plan? I want us to beat these people. I have sacrificed a lot of relationships, a lot of financial opportunities trying to beat these people. Both the McCarthy's of the world and the people on the left. But we have to have a plan. The American Revolution is committees of correspondence, declarations of independence, articles of confederation. The French Revolution is we're pissed, let's storm the Bastille. One ended with a constitution, the other ended with a reign of terror. What is the plan? What are we going to govern? What's the governing vision? What is it? We're exposing to what end? We're disrupting to what end? Something or someone will always exercise dominion in this creation. The very first command God ever gave to humanity was the exercising of dominion. The very first sin was the handing over of dominion. Someone will always rule. That is the iron law of the universe. The creator is a God of order, not chaos. The enemy is a chaos agent. I've said enough. Gentlemen, your thoughts. There's, I'll, I'll say this for starters. Man, it's fascinating watching the people, again, the names you know coming out on all sides of this thing. If, but if, if your lament is after watching year after year, if not decade after decade, having Republicans lecture you about a process that encourage is the right and the GOP to look like, sound like, smell like, do like more and more and more the Democrats, no matter how far left the Democrats go, and then suddenly you're angst-ridden that you got played 
by eight people who decided to use the Democrats against you, you need to pull back because there's some very smart, talented, ethical people now who don't understand the ridiculousness of that. You played yourself because you're going to be important going forward you've been important up to this point you have been a voice in the wilderness oftentimes it doesn't mean the virtue of the eight the reasons they do it just like steve laid out with matt gates are all on the up and up but a lot of what we've done is up for the last however many years and decades that steve his entire career has been warning you against is the reason yesterday happened not suddenly because the cravenness or selfishness of those eights we could have headed this off a long time ago we were way too comfortable we didn't want to be grown-ups 100 true todd and ultimately i think what we're watching here is just an, an allegory but a, a real story of what happens when leadership is just gone and those with the title of leadership actually scorn and ridicule and have disdain for those who step in and try to show real leadership. Ultimately, what we're watching here is nihilism incarnate. If you just go to the fundamental building block of society, of civilization, the family, what happens to children who grow up at home if there's even two parents where both parents have no boundaries, show no structure, and show contempt for other family members who come in and actually do have boundaries and mm -hmm. structure. Mm -hmm. Those kids will grow up to resent the hell out of their parents and out of existence itself. That's just one, again, an allegory at a more fundamental scale. This is what we're watching here. It is devoid 100% of real leadership. And when people like Congressman Chip Roy agree or disagree with him in his bid to keep McCarthy there, when they try to sh show up and, and show real leadership, act as a real voice, what are they met with? From the people who really believe and, and share their worldview, or state it anyway, who share their, uh, their positions on policy if they do care about policy at all, that's where Chip's anger, I think, was coming at. You want to call me a rhino? Shut, you know, uh, shove it where the sun, uh, sh sun doesn't shine. He's met with scorn and ridicule. This is not sustainable. It never was. In fact, what we're seeing here, a la what Todd just said, is the very fruit of something that was un unsustainable all along. You're staring at nihilism incarnate. And so the good news is there's always a choice, though. There's always a choice. People can wise up. I'm talking about us here in the cheap seats or those in the very expensive seats in the swamp. They can wise up and make the right decision, even if they've made wrong decisions before. We just played that clip of Glenn Beck from years ago on Fox News. I believe during the Tea Party uprising, just begging and pleading so-called leaders in Washington, D.C. Even if you've done things wrong before, there's always time to turn around. That's the, I guess, the, the silver lining here. But we are now seeing this is not just an aberration. This is the fruit of something, a dynamic in this party that was never going to be sustainable. We'll come back.
We'll play Buy, Sell, or Hold for Hour 2, and Daniel Horowitz will join us in a moment. Two here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. And y'all can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email us, Steve at SteveDace.com. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter. Get our Instagram and TikTok. You can also find me on Truth Social uh, at Real Steve Dace there, at Real Steve Dace there. If you listen to the podcast, if you haven't done this yet, please leave us a five-star review. Thank you to all of you who have. And then also hit subscribe, or in the case of iTunes, follow to make sure that every new episode we do ends up in your podcast feed every time that we do one. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. If you've got odors in your home that you just can't get rid of, now you can get rid of any stinky odor with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier. It gets rid of strong odors from cooking, litter boxes, trash cans, even cigarette smoke, that mildew smell from basements that just won't go away. All of them, no match. For the Eden Pure Thunderstorm that starts working within seconds to clear any room of odor because it's not a freshener. It's a purifier and it has no costly filters. So you won't have to spend out of pocket or out of your own time replacing them ever. Fantastic product with hundreds of thousands of units sold, thousands of five-star reviews, and a lot of stellar reviews from right here in this audience. And if you want to try it now, get un- get all three units for less than $200 for whole home protection, the three-pack, all three units for under $200, plus free shipping with the discount code STEVE. Discount code Steve for free shipping and all three units under $200 when you go to EdenPureDeals.com slash Steve. That's EdenPureDeals.com slash Steve. Let's get to it. Time to play buy, sell, or hold. We'll get through as many of these as we can. And then what we did not get to, we will do in the overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. If you decide, Todd, to use a hold on any of the, the viewer or listener suggested propositions we are about to consider, then you will be punished severely for violating the dude code and you will have to feed Lindsey Graham hand to mouth his favorite pumpkin spice treat. That's by far the least offensive option you've had really? on the front. Really? Okay. All right. But I'm still not doing it. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Sorry, I was just tuned out there for reasons. Uh, first, we're <laughs> going to begin with uh, Alexander Rogers. Off the topic of uh, politics, he's got season predictions as of week four. Let's go rapid fire with all of these. This uh, Strahan's season sack record of 22 and a half gets broken. Buy, sell, or hold? Sell. sell. Lions win the NFC North. Buy. Buy. Cardinals remain the tough underdog spoiler team. Buy. Buy. Belichick finishes under five wins. Sell. Sell, but it won't be much more than that. AFC South needs tiebreaker rule for division winner. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I'll buy. Okay. Chargers finish above 500 with a negative point differential. Sure, That'd fine. be a very Chargers thing to do. There's been years they led the NFL in point differential, don't even make the playoffs, so, uh, or get bounced in the first round. I, I could see that. Okay. Uh, Jones or Howell will be the most sacked quarterback. 
Um, okay, I'll buy. Meaning Matt yeah. Jones or Sam Howell? Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, we're getting into Manusha now. I'll let Steve take over. Eagles and 49ers' will, first loss will be week 13 when they face off. I'll sell, but I don't think that's outrageous. I think they're that much better than a lot of teams in the league. Vikings trade Cousins, who makes the playoffs with a different team. I'll sell. I just I don't see that franchise being that smart. <laughs> Love finishes in top 10 in uh, passing yards and bottom three in completion percentage. Sell. Sean Payton is fired before the offseason. Oh, no way. Sell. Rams enter playoffs as strongest wildcard team. Sell. Taylor Swift enters an announcer booth one game this season. Bye. 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 In Cow- fact, you'll be lucky if it's only one game. Cowboys are the Cowboys and narrowly miss a playoffs or lose in the first round. Bye. That's been their history post-Jimmy Johnson. Cleveland. The first year under Barry Switzer. Cleveland misses playoffs with best defense uh, in yards per game. I could see that. Yeah, I'll buy. More 2,000-yard rushers than 5,000-yard passers. No way. No way. No. Sell. Kansas City changes their jersey color to black and white stripes to match the rest of their players. I don't even know what that means, so I'm going to just sell on merit. All right. We will um, move on with buy, sell, or hold someday when my computer catches up to me. Give me a minute here. I've got to fix an issue. What is your bold prediction for the NFL uh, four weeks in now? Steve. Um, bold prediction. See, I, I'm trying to think because I, I think it's pretty tiered of which teams are good and which teams are not. And I think, I think, I think the NFL is a lot like what we're seeing in, um, in, in the Big Ten. I'm not sure how much of a middle class there is. How about Mike Tomlin finishes with a losing record for the first time in his career with no, the Steelers? I could see that. Yeah. Could see that. I'll go with that. Moving on, Joe Stetz says Steve Dace will be elected Speaker of the House before he gets invited to speak at CPAC. <laughs> yeah, bye. That's yep. definite. Yes. Uh, Tyler Schlosser says if you were in a Game 7 and you could pick any pitcher, the choice has to be Bob Gibson. You couldn't do better. I'm going to go with Randy Johnson. Only, only, only because I feel compelled to come up with another name, but I mean that's a great choice. That's a great choice, but I'll I'll pick Randy Johnson just to come up with a different name. Jingoistic Pig says within two years a father will take his kid from a blue state to a red state when Child Protective Services informs him he'll lose custody because he won't affirm the kid's gender. State number one will treat it as a kidnapping, and state number two won't surrender the father and kid, leading to a legal standoff. Bye. Bye. I think if anything that'll happen sooner than two years. Bob Backbetter says the U.S. Army will begin recruiting military-age illegals to solve their personnel shortages. This also gives them a path to citizenship. I mean, John McCain was suggesting this guy's like 15 years ago. No way. Yeah. John McCain suggested yeah, that? Yeah, I know, I know. It's shocking. I know. Be still your beating heart, knock you over with a feather. But I mean, I could, I could totally see this. In fact, I, I could see this being part of a compromise, a grand compromise. All right. I mean... We're just bound and determined to, to just follow because there's follow in the footsteps of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. When, when we got to the, the moment that the Visigoths started coming over the wall, um, too many of, of, of Rome's soldiers weren't actually Roman citizens, you know, and so Uncle Sves comes over the wall and Cousin Merle's like, hey, it's family and switches jerseys and helps the Visigoths sack the city. And there's nothing new under the sun, man, nothing. Just new people under the sun who have yet to see or hear it yet. That's it. Correct. 
We've got a list from Fetigator, top 10 movie scenes that make grown men cry. This should be interesting. Post-1982. Post-1982, so the last 40 years. Yeah, so, okay. you know, leaving off the uh, death of Spock, I think. Or, or, well, that would be, Star Trek Two was 1982. Yeah. So post-1982, so, post so no yeah. Brian song either? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right. Number 10, Up, the opening scene where Carl's wife dies. Sure. I, that's a Bye. great call. That movie is incredible. Man. Go watch that movie and watch what they're putting out now. Same company. And it's not... Well, It's not like it was it, 30 it, years ago. Yeah. It's the same company. Right. But something else is, is, in, in, is in the house, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. And that applies to our country, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's just amazing that that company produced that film, and now you look at what they're making. It's amazing. Number nine, Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault scene. I, I don't. I can. I, I never can really see, had like a tearjerker moment in Goodwill Hunting. I got to sell on that, which is interesting because like I can see from my perspective why that wouldn't necessarily be a tearjerker. But from yours, you actually share more commonality in terms of a a busted up childhood. Yeah. But if you're saying you didn't, so I, I will sell. I mean, on. I love the movie, but I don't remember thinking like, "Oh man, yeah. that got me in the feels." I don't think yeah. this is a top ten. Okay. Number eight, Schindler's List. I didn't do enough. Oh, you a, did so much. That's an automatic. Yeah. I, I'm going to sell on this because not because I just tearjerker. To me, I'm taking it more literally. I, that was more like jaw on the floor, trying to make sense of that entire movie to make it compute. It doesn't resonate with pure tear, tearjerker to me. It's even it's beyond it is what I'm saying. Next, Glory Trip, played by Denzel Washington, grabbing the flag, getting shot, and being buried yes. with Shaw. I hadn't thought about that scene Bye. in many years, but that's an amazing that, movie. Yes, Bye. it is. I haven't, haven't seen that in too long. I might have to change that. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan, the ending. Tell me I've led a good life. Tell me I'm a good man. See, I'm I, gonna, I, see I, that I, didn't... I was already... I was so broken. exhausted yeah. by the end of that movie. I didn't have any tears to give. So for my 50th birthday, I don't know if I told you guys this, my 50th birthday, Amy had celebrated a birthday month for me. And so we did something special for my birthday every day. One of the things that we did is, um, what was the number one movie in America? Um, I, we, we, several times throughout the course of the month, we would go back and watch what was the number one movie. Like we watched a, an original Roger Moore, James Bond movie. Oh, it's, it's live and let die. That was the number one movie in America. The, in, when, in January of, or July of 1973. Okay. And, uh, July of 1998 uh, or seven, number one movie in America was saving private Ryan. And I know you've hated my take on this for many, many years. I went, I watched it again. I had the exact same take. First opening scene is incredible. But then they really do Vietnam, World War II. You know, what are we doing here? We're wasting our time. It's not worth it. Okay, we're kind of listless here, just taking the same ground we already took, taking the same villages we already took and giving them back. What's the point? You know, and I, I guess I just, I thought it was just okay. So, and I wasn't moved at the end either. So I'm going to sell. All right, uh, next, number five, The Green Mile. Don't put me in the dark. Eyes afraid of the dark. Great movie. That's not the tearjerker line to me. It's, the line is from Hanks when he's trying, he's like, 
when I meet my creator yeah and I'm supposed to explain to him why I killed one of his miracles yeah what, what am I supposed to tell them yeah I mean that was like whoa yeah I agree that's a great point yeah I'm gonna sell too same reason number four the green uh, the gladiator as he's dying go to yeah. them yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. It's one of my top 10 all-time favorite movies you bet interstellar I knew you'd sell. come back how because my dad promised me dramatically overrated film only watch that movie for its sound editing and mixing uh, amazing sound in that movie but the plot you know the things that are actually more important not so much i think see i think interstellar gets a bad rap even even uh what's the christopher nolan's um world war ii movie um, oh uh you're Dunkirk. Just speaking of World War II movies that don't resonate, they, they, my, I, that did nothing for me. I think but, they're both movies that are good that had no excuse to not be great. But Nolan is basically penalized, like when he isn't awesome, and he's awesome so much. So like Interstellar, is it on par with this stuff? No, but I found elements I liked. Munich, he went for it in a different kind of way. It didn't resonate with me, but he's earned... You mean Dunkirk, really, you mean? Dunkirk, yeah. excuse me. He's earned that right. So I, that's what I've always found. And Nolan is just like incredible so often. That's like, yeah, you're, you, you, you happen to get a B minus this time. So Sucksville, uh, that's quite a bar. By the way, one of our top uh, cinematographers for Nefarious worked with Nolan on The Dark Knight Rises. And one of the one of the one of the days I was down in Oklahoma City for the shooting, sat down uh, at lunchtime and ate with him just to pick it and, and know because Noah's a big Christopher Nolan fan, cinephile, and we just said and you know asked him some questions what that experience was like. One of the things he told us is when they're in downtown, I think it was Chicago, mm-hmm. and they're filming the scene with where the bat pod is is unveiled for the first time. Okay, and. Uh, he, 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 I mean, he was telling us we did hundreds of takes of a scene that was only about 30 seconds. And because of the, the tech involved, required 30 minutes to an hour to reset the scene every time to get it ready to be filmed. And he said the level of meticulousness was incredible, you know. And so when you see how much money is made, it requires to make these big budget films, it, it, you understand a good part of that expense is doing things in multiple takes and from multiple angles and directions that prolongs the shoot that prolongs the amount of labor you need and everything else. So next up, number two field of dreams. Hey dad, do you want to have a catch? I like that. I've never seen this automatic. Uh, Absolute automatic. You bet. Yep. Number one, Lord of the Rings, Sam DeFrodo can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. See, I kind of think for me, it's at the end when Aragorn yeah. says, you bow to no one. Yeah. That's what chokes me up every time, is that. You yeah, know? It's every, I agree. That, and then when when uh, they're going to the ship at the very end and Samwise yes. realizes, wait, this you're is going, going to. to the, the, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, those two scenes for me. But you know what? I'm totally okay if that's what does it for you too. But So I'll buy. I'm okay with that. Overall, a, a decent list, Fetigator. Uh, Jeff Gibson says, Disney in 2024 will get new leadership because of stockholders' demands and get a CEO that demands they return to family values. So. <sighs> it has to happen at some point. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it do, it, doesn't it? This is the rubber band. Are there, no. there, at, at some point, people have to get tired of 
you've lost people over are. a decade of yeah. stock valuation. And they don't change. People are, and they don't change. But so there, there are, there are actions like what the, what this person suggests that you could do. I'm gonna say it won't. I'm gonna say sell that it won't happen in 2024 because. Man, could you imagine that talking point for either Trump or DeSantis if they're the nominee? Could you imagine if DeSantis is the nominee in, in 2024 and people are filing class action lawsuits against Disney that he punched right in the sack? Can you imagine what he would get out of that? Even for Trump, you know, because he's able to take whatever position he wants on anything, apparently. I mean, he would the amount of traction he would get out of that, that I don't think it would. Ha- I think we can't have nice things. We wouldn't we're not owed that level of um um, beneficial timing. So if you would have said to me in the next two years, I think I would buy. But if, but in an election year, man, everything's going to be on lockdown. One so of the I'll greatest sell. things any one of our founding fathers ever said was John Adams. We said this nation was made for a moral and religious people and no other. This nation nor Disney will will be saved by a shareholder's report. It just it just won't. We we like to think that maybe that's where common sense finally kicks in because we all love money. That we 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 if we can't believe that as Christians, quite frankly, yeah, we can't because then we're diminishing our own testimony. Well, you just have a little jingle in your pocket, then everything's okay. No, we need to be better than that. It's not gonna. It, that's not what's gonna save us. The scalp that they want in Disney is huge. That's why they're going after it. Look, we took one of your top ten. I mean, it, this should be obvious to us by now. Next, Nathan Kotis, naming the psychiatrist in Nefarious, um, the movie, after Spirit of the Age Jesuit priest was divinely inspired. I did not know this. Yeah. Um, Cell, the priest, was not named... Uh, it re- remember the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist was. So I had to contemplate what my out was answering that. So it took me a minute. Officially, the the name James Martin is an amalgamation of middle names. My middle name is James, and Chuck Consulman, one of our screenwriters and directors, his middle name is Martin. Good, we have some closure on that. Comfort is not a virtue, says... Officially. Steve's top ten movies of the year will include at least two uh, faith-based movies. Nefarious should be one of them. Oh, there's going to be more than that. Well, if you're counting Nefarious, then no. I I won't rate my own movie. I just don't... That's not how I roll. I'm not comfortable with it. Dude code violation. Can't gloss yourself. Can't rank yourself. Just no. You cannot do that. You know? No. Um, But I could see... um, I could see Sound of Freedom. For Sound of Freedom will certainly be in the top ten, um, and I think it is possible by the time we get to the end of the year that Jesus Revolution makes the top ten. And I really liked The Blind too. I, I, the Phil Robertson movie. I'd have to go back and and assess it. I I saw a movie last night that is not a faith based movie. It is absolutely one of the best movies I've seen this year. I texted it to you guys. I want you to watch it by next Tuesday. We are going to do a segment on this thing. This thing is idiocracy for Gen Z. It's, and it's, the social commentary of this film is spectacular. 
the only debate my wife and that Amy and I had afterwards was, is it intentional or not? Did they intentionally do this or not? And I'm not going to say any more. I'm not even going to give the name of the film. We will talk oh, about it. I next, think it said it's it, is it in the horror genre? Yes. So yeah. how can I just tell, can I watch this with my wife? Yeah, yeah. She hates scary horror movies. So no, it, then maybe I mean, then the, you know that better than me. You know, but I don't no, know. like how? But you know the like we're at the popular Jump consumption versus like crazy dark. Dim, I mean, I don't know. I I think your wife will be okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not like another exorcist film or something like that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Goodfellow 49 says if the college football playoff was expanded to 12 teams this year, there's a good chance the champion would come from one of the lower seeds anywhere from 6 to 12. I mean, uh, I I, I don't think care. Yeah, I think there's a decent chance of that. Yeah. I do. OG Thor says ESPN oh, will soon tell Pat McAfee he can no longer have his friend Aaron Rodgers on the show to do his commentary and quips over the jab. McAfee will be forced to choose if he'll throw his friend under the bus for that Disney ESPN money. It is funny. He, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers called uh, Travis Kelsey Mr. Pfizer the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime oh, he brings up anything that's like remotely approaching outside the Overton window, you can see Pat McAfee's like life flash before his eyes. It's hilarious. I love it. I could totally buy this. Yes, as can I. All right, before we finish up, rapid fire, a word about our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. They've got a special treat for you folks. A wine so rare that it sells out practically every time it's released. It's the Sunai Illogico Malbec from Bonner Private Wines, a never-before-imported gem from the Calaki Valley in Argentina, Mountains at about uh, vineyards in mountains at about 9,000 feet of altitude. This is the third highest vineyard in the world. What does that mean? It means you get a wine highly rated at 91 points with no fining or filtration, uh, preserving its true natural taste. It also, by the way, boasts a staggering 10 times more resveratrol levels, which you want to do your research on why that's a positive for you. Contains about 93% less sugar than the bulk grocery store Reds do too. And Bonner Private Wines is the sole importer of this amazing Malbec. And we've arranged for you to get a bottle of it exclusively by visiting bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. That's bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Become a member of the Bonner Private Wine Partnership. Act fast. This thing sells out. Uh, you can also get 50% off their other wines and free shipping when you go to Bonner Private Wines, B-O-N-N-E-R, bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Next up, we will go to Jay Ford, who has this. Angry Chip Roy is Steve's spirit animal. Or it's the other way around. <laughs> uh, Steve is Angry Chip Roy's spirit animal. Uh, but I'll buy. Yeah. Yes. Next, Snake Flag says the test of the emergency system this afternoon will be the first in what will end up being used repeatedly in the near future to attempt to scare us into more COVID and climate lockdowns, intentional misuse of the emergency alert system for political purposes. That reminds me for your interview this afternoon, Steve, make sure your phone is completely off. Ah, yeah. Thank you. Forgot yes. about that. I'll buy. We're being tested for sure. I'm going to sell on the grounds that I think everything's a psyop. Yeah. And so the idea that they're using this to test us is a PSYOP. It's just a routine thing of the EAS. That the PSYOPs are not that obvious. That's how. That's the grounds I'm going to sell on. But if everything's a PSYOP... Nothing is. Indeed. And so if nothing is a PSYOP, then everything is. Yes. But then if everything... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, 
Nice. Some of the finest commentary you'll find anywhere, folks. Jared, we had the best color men in the business for nothing, guys. Yes. Uh, Jarrett Beck says the best part and silver lining of the McCarthy ouster is now the GOP leadership has been shown there will be accountability for not doing their job. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I mean, that it's amazing. This is I'll buy because it won't hurt in that regard. Yeah. I would lower your expectations yes. about how much it will help, but it won't make it worse. Like, like their their fear of us can't be worse after this, right? It can't be worse, okay? Right. So right. it can only get better, Agreed. okay? So, but 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 I would temper your expectations about how much better it's going to be because that lobbyist money is good, folks. And there's plenty for it after you lose too, okay? They got. I mean, you get a soft landing after you lose too, you know. So I would temper my expectations about how much of a message this sends, but clearly we don't have a weaker hand than exactly. we had yesterday. That's exactly it. I think that's fair. Okay. Next, Twizzit Jr. says the Detroit Lions winning last Thursday proves they're not the same team they used to be. They actually have a good chance of winning at least two playoff games this postseason. Uh, I think this is where you get into the compound I, you should just stop right there. Yes. Because when you get into the playoffs, man, it's a crapshoot, guys. You know, I mean, that, you know, now the best is against the best. You don't know the weather, you know, conditions, one injury. It's it just, you know, to ask a team that's got one playoff win since 1957 to now just turn right around and win two of them is a lot. So on that ground, I will sell. But I think they're clearly not the same team that they used to be. Sell. So. Next up, we will go to Ben Chambers, who says it's a dude code violation that no one has been shot with the BB gun yet. Honestly surprised Steve hasn't used it on himself after a few of the montages recently. <laughs> a lot of respect well, for this take I will buy. Know, that last part, I, I pushed it right over in his direction. Yes, bye. Yes, yeah, I'll buy. That's so if good. it's a dude code violation, we're still in violation. So this needs to change, right? Could look at it Stay that way. Tuned. That's one interpretation. Yeah. Matthew H. The Green Bay Packers won't win a Super Bowl in the next 15 years. I mean, so, the odds are high if that's true, regardless of anything. I mean, they had a top five, top ten quarterback of all time for 15 years and won one. Yeah. So I'll buy. I mean, that's just that's true of almost anybody. I mean, I I mean, you could. I mean, what are the odds Pat Mahomes will win another one? He's already won two. I mean, again, it's not. It's hard to win a Super Bowl, and only one team gets to do it. So I think the odds of that are actually just high mathematically on their own before you even evaluate the situation. I would have sold for this no matter what team you put in front of that. Uh, 15 years is just a lot of time. That's a bet I'll take no matter who the team is, including the Lions. You ain't been a Lions fan, brother. 40 years a slave. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> Did he just 40 yeah. years a slave the Lions? <laughs> yes. Media, uh, media Matters, it's D-E-A-C. Yeah, yes. yeah. And you know what? I, I, I deserve that one, so you, feel free to light me up. I have that one coming. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Warm Gatorade says, the emergency broadcast signal today is really just our alarms going off simultaneously 30 years ago, and we're all going to wake up thinking this was all some sort of weird dream. Oh, if only. Oh, if only. Like Bob Newhart. Yeah. Or uh, the, the, the one of the famous season finales of Dallas, where Pam goes into the shower and Bobby really wasn't dead that whole season, and he's just sitting there taking a shower and was alive the whole time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Matthew H. As a nation, we've already hit the iceberg. The end is inevitable at this point. It's only a matter of how long it takes to sink. It's so sad that that might be true. So like, it's it's not ridiculous. Uh, I'll buy that. It's very well possible. I, I will sell, not because I don't think it's possible, but because 
my worldview says uh, the dead can be raised to life. So it's revival or bust. I do agree with that, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I do think revival is on the table. I don't know. I don't know how prominent of a seat at the table it has, but I think it's at least on the table. Matt Hamilton, Trump backs garbage Republicans like Rona Romney and Kevin McCarthy to perpetuate failure within the party and promote himself as the solution. I think you're giving him way too much yeah, credit. I so I, I, if he was this cunning, uh, we, yeah. he would have spotted Fauci and everything else would have taken so many off ramps to get himself out of that situation. No, no, I, I, I wish he were this cunning. I wish he were like uh, somebody. Another name you would know is trying to convince me that Matt Gates is just doing all this to protect himself from an ethics investigation for in, in you know relationships with a, a, a myriad of, of of shadowy varieties and i texted back to this person don't make me like that guy <laughs> you're telling me he's this cunning he's this clever that he, he pulled this off to do just that frankly we could use a little bit more of that level of um, small as sociopath in this era okay i think you're giving trump way too much credit it's just nothing nothing other than king saul's got a healthy sized narcissistic personality disorder and if you slurp him you get anything you want out of him yep uh, Pastor John Piper has this submission who says we need to reassess whether Sunday coffee sipping in the sanctuary fits in light of Hebrews twelve twenty eight, which says, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Coffee's got to go. Buy, sell, or hold, Steve. Oh, I'm Catholic, so buy. I, this is like the marijuana debate. And I said for years, I, I, I long for the time that I can have a really strong feeling about this, given our, the other priorities of issues we have. But this is not yet that time. Right now, we don't even worship, okay? I, I just, I think we've got a few other issues here, okay? A few others. One more very quickly before, before we, we tackle down. the coffee drinkers. And I'm not even one of them, by the way. This is from Bob Backbetter. The GOP has and right? GOP's stroking out. Glitch. I'll buy. Why not? Yep. We're all Fetterman these days. The Prophet of Woe and Lamentation is next. If you are fighting the battle against chronic pain, you are not alone. That becomes something that uh, a lot of us have to confront, the older we get especially. And a lot of times that's because there's too much inflammation in our joints. And that's the source of that achiness, that soreness and stiffness that we just can't seem uh, to shake and get rid of. And that's why you're looking for an anti-inflammatory, preferably one. That's all natural. And we think we have just the thing for you. It is called Relief Factor. It's a great way to reduce pain caused by that inflammation and even though it was created by doctors who can and do prescribe drugs it is not a drug it is something else drug free that uh, they think can give you the relief you're looking for without taxing the other systems and organs in your body that some anti-inflammatories especially if you have to use them a lot may end up doing Uh, if you want to give it a shot we're about 70 percent convinced it'll work for you if you do Where do we get those odds from? Well, uh, it's because about 70% of the people that try the three-week quick start for 20 bucks see such great results in three weeks or less that they stick around. So why not see if you might be our latest success story? Would you take 70% odds on 20 bucks to find out 
We think that's a pretty good bet. So put it to the test. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Get the three-week quick start trial pack for just 20 bucks and see if you don't see a difference in your pain level in three weeks or less at relieffactor.com or call them at 800 for the number four relief. Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, Daniel Horowitz. It is good to see you again, my friend. And I've had quite a bit to say about what's transpired over the last 12 hours on social media here on the show. I even shared, without naming any names, some of the private conversations I've had with people that have reached out to me around the country. A lot of them are names everybody would know. Just a lot of people are on edge, bewildered, frustrated, angry. You make sense of it for us, brother. What's going on right now? You know, Steve, my biggest observation, putting aside where to go from here, what this means, is just the behavior that we saw on display the last 24 hours from some elected members and then a lot of outside conservative talkers, Republican talkers. It's emblematic of why we are where we are. So I always say I like to uh, conceptualize the crisis we're in through three numbers, okay? The millions of people who are killed from the vaccine deliberately by our government, Western governments, the millions of people growing every day, invading our border, transnational gangs, the worst people alive from 120 different countries, and then the exponential growth of the debt and inflation, which jumped $275 billion just yesterday. And none of that puts anyone on edge. It, it, it's amazing. It's like nothing they did with COVID, the basically using George Floyd to green light um, mass crime as long as you're, you know, have a certain shade skin color, uh, the Fed surrection on January 6th, nothing. But, oh, my gosh, Steve, we're going to be without a speaker for an entire week when House Republicans didn't even plan to be in, in session in Washington that week. Oh, my God. What about the staffers that are going to be fired? And this is what these guys think about. So that in itself, to me, is why we're screwed. It just hasn't gotten bad enough that this is the chaos that bothers them. Nonetheless, if this is what they view as chaotic, that in itself is a step in the right direction that maybe we have some sort of cathartic moment that we've been dreaming of, maybe not in the way we thought, to make some sort of a change. So that's kind of my baseline thought on where we are before we delve into it. Hmm. How does this party ever govern? Even if it wanted to, and I'm, I'm not convinced that it does. I'm not really convinced that I think the MAGA movement right now is at the same con- crossroads that Christian conservatives came to in the 90s, the same crossroads the Tea Party came into uh, about a decade ago, where eventually you have to govern. And so are you a grift or are you a movement? And both of those movements, frankly, failed. And and ultimately you have to have a governing vision for the country beyond we're just practicing seat at the table politics and who I think can win and and continue uh, with my association with the system, um, just repackaged differently with more incendiary language. But but I don't know how this party governs. There are too many people with disparate worldviews. They're united only in and, and this goes back to something I used to say years ago. It's not a big tent. It's a big tarp. A tent has stakes in the ground. There's at least foundations. This is a tarp. You put a tarp out when you're trying to protect yourself from something, and it's temporary, right? Like they roll the tarp out in a baseball game when there's a rain out. So the Democrats get control. Out comes the acid rain. Every form of non-communist, despite radically different worldviews, hide under the tarp. 
And then they, they get rid of the Democrats and the sky is clear and they get power back, but they can never govern because one side ran to the tarp. One group ran to the tarp because, well, now a different collection of special interests are going to get the money as opposed to mine. That's why they're in the tarp. Another group's in the tarp because they're, they, you know, they, they read an Ayn Rand book. Another group's in the tarp because they read a Bible. Another group's in the tarp because they, they, they you know, read the Constitution. Some people are in the tarp because for various of all the variations of all the things that I just said, right? <laughs> but there's all these different things and groups that do not have a united vision of how to govern. Yes. And so when they ever get power, this damn thing just collapses like a souffle. The center cannot hold because there's too yep. much disparate interest. And I don't know how to change that, frankly. Steve, this has never come to the forefront more than it has the last couple of weeks. And I don't care about the collapse of things because there's nothing to collapse. Like I said, all the aforementioned issues, they're moving ahead, getting worse, and we had nothing in place to really stop it. So it's not like we lost anything. But what does concern me is that headed forward, what we what we need to work on is that even among those of us who claim to kind of agree on everything i have never seen this this much division just to illustrate your point so out of the 21 original rebels against mccarthy from january 16 of the 21 did not join 16 of the 21 did not join they they felt um it just the matt case just wasn't the right person at the right time in the right situation and it might make it make our leverage to get a better speaker worse than it would had we waited giving the budget fight one more chance. I tend to agree with that. And I think we're seeing that now that we're going to have options that actually might, we might conservatives might actually lose power from what we're going to see. But you know, we, we got to look forward, see, see what's best to do. But 16 of the 21 didn't join. Um, but two of those who did ironically, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying they voted for pride month in the military. So I have never seen a time where we have tons of people saying the right things for the wrong reasons, uh, the wrong things for the mm -hmm. right reasons. It's all over the map. And this is all a symptom of when you have zero leadership. There is no mission. We don't have critical thinkers inside elected politics, outside with with a long term vision. So what we have is the antiquated GOP that's just all about you know, whatever the industries on the conference call said that day. Then you have the kind of Trump movement where it's all about what's going to get you on war room and your clicks and your organization. And it, it's, it's all about you. It's all about putting on a show. Sometimes it might overlap with what's right, but fundamentally everyone's trying to do with what's right. And then among even the remaining people, Steve, even the remaining people that don't fit into either of those categories, because those categories exist, and we're faced with what we are, it, there's a bunch of strategic disagreements with how do you make the best of the situation? Massey will do his thing. Chip will do his thing. Dan Bishop will do his thing. Bob Good will do his thing. I mean, you know, let me just say this, and I'm not criticized. These are all friends. These are all dear friends. Um, there's only three congressmen, I mean four, but, but really three that we're familiar with who uh, endorsed DeSantis. And even among those three, you know, Bob Good joined both fights against McCarthy. Uh, Chip did one, and right, and and exactly and neither of them. Yeah, you know, and 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 people, I think our audience is mature enough to recognize a disagreement over values versus a strategic disagreement. But this is a problem. We all need to get into a room and say, what is it? <clears throat> 
we're trying to achieve beyond the next 24 hours, um, you know, part of the problem is, you know, when it's just a bunch of big government people bloating government, but we let's say it's 15, 20 years ago, you know, I'm just going to go in, vote no on everything. And, and look, we'll just take names. But now it's really a question like we got to do something about this. And the question is, given the Republicans we have, given the Trump we have, given that this we have, what's the best we can do? And and, and it's not an easy question to answer, but it, it all is downstream from the fact that the Democrats are like a pack of lions, a pride of lions feasting on its on its prey. So they're all out to get full, but they have a system that. It works for everyone here. We're like a bunch of crows. It, it's it's literally each man is trying to do what he needs to do with him. It's the industry with him. It's the clicks with him. It's accommodating Trump with him. It might be righteous, but they're just trying to figure out, well, what's the best thing I do with all the other losers around me? Mm -hmm. That's where we are right now. What's the way forward right now? We have two announced candidates for speaker. Steve Scalise, who was the next man up in uh, McCarthy's leadership structure, who somehow nearly got murdered by these people and got more moderate after that. Like you would think after they had tried to murder you, you might have to be held back from being radicalized. He got nearly murdered and got softer. I don't know how that works, but that's the men of this era, I guess. OK, you nearly get murdered and you're not out for vengeance, Rambo. You're trying to figure out your enemies and what caused them to nearly blow you to smithereens. Um, and then you have Jim Jordan, who has a dramatically superior voting record uh, to Kevin McCarthy. But can you point to me? You always and I got this from you. You always say there's a vote and then there's a voice. Can you single out for me a, a real fight that Jordan has helped us with? And I mean, we got three concessions from McCarthy in January. More transparency with Massey said he he lived up to that for the most part. We got the ability for anybody at any point to make a motion to vacate the chair. And Gates did that yesterday. And the third thing we got was the weaponization committee. And Jim Jordan was given control of that. Daniel, what has it done this year? Do you know? And so, so, so this Steve, is, understand this job, ideology is important. It is. But can you do the job? It's not the ideologue of the House. It is the Speaker of the House. Can you manage a coalition? Can you move people? Can you message, a, can you message an agenda? Can you keep people on that agenda? Can you leverage people when they leave that agenda? It's a, it's a vocational job. It's not just an ideological exam. So, 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 Steve. Obviously, there's we need we need an entire hour to to digest all that. All the and you've got two and a half but, minutes. <laughs> but I want to just say, in case we don't have time, before the individual speakers, speaker candidates, the important thing is they need to get on the page with one thing. This is not about the 72-hour rule. It's not about more amendments. It's not about you know which committees what. You know that was all a means to an end, and too many people have taken that as an end and it just became its own talking point um the, the it boils down to one thing we have debt ceilings and we have budget bills and really the budget bills okay there it's not that there aren't other things to do but without that those other things are meaningless those things are the 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 hammer driving into the anvil of the budget bills you need to get them in a room and say biden is killing us on 10 different issues is there are there one or two 
that you would feel confident in messaging and be willing to focus more on the damage to the American people of the issue than a shutdown. Until and unless you deal with that, this entire thing is an exercise in futility. That's the one thing you need to hear from a speaker candidate. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as what's out there is, look, this was some of our concern that you might go backwards from McCarthy. McCarthy, we had some avenue to working with him. Scalise is viewed as more conservative, but probably won't share power as much and will make it even harder to fight him. Um, and Jordan is he represents Trump. OK, so on paper kind of will indulge our issues more, but it's all going to be about the Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, tit for tat, tit for tat, Trump, whatever airstrike Trump call, calls in, not the most important issues of the time. You know, to his credit, Kevin McCarthy was willing to give more on that weaponization committee than even Jim Jordan. Um, notice you haven't heard much from that weaponization committee. They've done jack squat, nothing on the vaccine, nothing on January 6th. It's all just designed for kind of like Trump tit for tat. There's a reason for that. Um, rather than Dan Bishop chairing that subcommittee, Jim Jordan took it over. And so, you know what? Maybe it's better Jim Jordan becomes speaker so we could take over the judiciary stuff and get someone better. But, you know, my concern is that Jim has so much respect on the right and from Trump and from that entire movement's going to back him. He will have much more rope to screw us on the issues that matter while juicing us up with the with the political porn. Again, he represents the political porn part. Scalise represents the status quo, each one moving up another rung. You know, the next one runs for leader, the next one runs for whip, and we've learned nothing new. Chip Roy obviously is the only one that is smart on the issues, that his sincerity bleeds through. He overperformed in a swing district. He's gotten rhinos to respect him, even if they disagree with him. At least try to get someone who is one of us. If it fails, we could we could talk about who to compromise with, but try someone one time. But Steve, we can't have nice things. It appears that we cannot. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you. Take care. Brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. They've got two questions for you. How are you paying for your health care? And how's that working out for you? If it's working perfectly, great. Consider yourself fortunate. But if not, then listen closely. There may be a solution for you, a biblical one. It's called Samaritan Ministries. It's a community of Christians paying one another's medical bills. It's biblical, affordable health care sharing. And because it's not insurance, there are no restrictive networks. Here's how it works. When a medical need arises, you choose the health care provider that's right for you and have a say in the treatment you receive. And if it's unconventional or a natural approach, that's okay too. Send your medical bills to Samaritan Ministries and they'll notify fellow members to pray for you and send money directly to you to help you pay those bills. It could be more affordable than what you're paying now. And if it's the right fit, you can join anytime, even today. Check it out today, in fact, at SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. Christians sharing health care costs with one another at SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. One minute. Each get 30 seconds to close us out. What do you think? What's the betting line on Trump as speaker? Plus I don't know. A thousand. But I, I mean, a thousand to one. I would love to see that. Yeah. I'd love to see that, actually. No one to deflect to. All there is, there is nothing, all there is to do is implement policy and manage people. I'd love to see that. As an option, a I'm clarifying option. Yeah. It's clearly the best so far yeah. that anybody's come up with. I, I, I'm all for in that. In multiple ways. Yeah. In multiple ways. Yeah. May not be the clarity you're looking for. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I'm all for it. Aaron? Just want to reiterate what Daniel said and what I said in the first hour. What we're seeing here, everything of what we're seeing here, is because we are devoid of leadership. This is what happens. Chaos ensues. The enemy operates in chaos. It loves chaos. This is what happens when there is no leadership. And you can, you can apply this to any context in your life whatsoever. The principle of headship, of leadership, it is undefeated. If there is an absence thereof, chaos will ensue ensue and reign mm-hmm. and that's just what we're seeing amen back at it again tomorrow noon to two eastern right after glenn beck right here on blaze tv until then john 317 this is steve dace on the blaze radio network